message to my mom Message to my mom Hello, mommy! Mother! Hey, mom! Seven episodes deep. This is episode seven. And in case you just randomly did finally figure out how to download it and you're starting with the most recent episode and you haven't heard anything yet, please let me just ask you to... Well, first of all, welcome and hi. And I love you very much. And secondly, please turn it off. Please, I, Mom, I beg you, do not listen to the podcast. I would appreciate it if you, if you just... Um, if you didn't. I discuss things that you might not like to hear, and it's, it, it's, it's, a no, I, I just love you, and please don't l- turn it off. Thank you. Thanks, Mom. Message to my mom. Message to. Welcome back, everybody. Hi. Welcome to the Julian Dion Comedy Hour podcast. This is episode number seven. Shit, yeah. Coming at you from not quite Lemon Press Studios, but sort of Lemon Press Studios. I took my gear home, and I'm recording uh, this episode, this intro at least, part of the episode in my kitchen. Which is the original concept of... That's where I got the idea for Lemon Press Studios. Uh, As I mentioned in the first episode, this podcast has been an idea of mine for years. And I thought I'd initially just start it in my kitchen. And of course, in my kitchen you can find a lemon press that I use every morning. And so I thought, hey, Lemon Press Studios, it came to me. Pow. And so then I rented... Now I got a space, an office studio and i figured i'd just call it lemon press studio see that see that vision through if you will thanks uh thanks for being here it's friday it's a little later than i usually post the episodes it's friday evening right now and uh first of all how are you you're good you're not so good whether you're good or not it doesn't matter for the next hour and a bit just uh be here. Be present. I'm here with you. In your earballs. Earball. Earballs? Eardrums. Or earballs. 
if you're uh, if you have some sort of genetic ear mutation, uh, maybe you do have ear balls, or maybe you're a uh, Olympic style Greco-Roman wrestler and have cauliflower, or UFC fighter and have cauliflower ears. In which case, maybe it looks like you have ear balls, or maybe you haven't cleaned your ears in a long time and you have ear balls in them, wax balls of ear, balls of wax in your ear. Okay. So, I'm uh, here. Oh, little news. My uh, Nutribullet still works. But it smells like garbage now every time I <laughs> every time I use it. An aroma of pure, potent garbage comes from inside of it. Because there, there's rotting food in it, I guess. Some smoothie that yeah, I told you about in an earlier episode. So there's that. Every time I... There's nothing like starting your day off with a garbage smoothie. That's what it smells like in the kitchen. Mmm. Is that trash? Yeah. It's good for you. Protein. Protein trash. I'm having a bit of trouble... Uh, problems? Troubles. I'm having problems. This is when problems meet trouble. Where problems cause you trouble in your life. A iTunes, for some reason, again, I'm not... The podcast is up on iTunes, but I checked it out yesterday. For some reason, in the store, all the episodes are gone. They're still there if you have the app, the podcast app. You get all the feed, but anyway. I I just don't, I can't, I don't understand. I thought we were, iTunes, I thought we had gone through this. I thought we were good. I thought we had made amends. Go fuck yourself. But, um... So I emailed them, of course, again, no phone. So I emailed them, and they said it's a bug on their end. So within the next 24 hours, you should see all the episodes. But it doesn't affect anything if you are subscribed. So just subscribe to that shit and rate it and comment on it because that helps. Please, please. I don't mean to be demanding or, you know, just uh, do that for me. I'm just tired of technology, I guess. It's too much, isn't it? Just screens and... Bright lights and uh, garbage-smelling Nutribullets technology. I mean, obviously it's good, but I'm just tired of... Last night I came home and I... No technology. Turned off everything. My phone, which I forgot you could even turn off. No TV, nothing, just a little reading lamp. And I just sat there with my thought, thoughts. Have you ever done that? It's the, the mere thought of it is terrifying, but it's quite nice. To just turn off the mind. Because it's so loud all the time. Everything's... Oh, fucking phones and computer screens and Facebook and Twitter and information and false information. Hoax. Everything's a hoax now on the internet. So you're reading all this shit. Just garbage for the mind. And I have this rule where I don't bring the phone in the bedroom at night. So you just go to bed. And uh, I think... Everyone should do that because you're just you need. We need time to unwind. Remember pre-smartphone era? Holy shit, was that not a thing? It's it's become too much, too much stimulus, if I may. Now your phones, you can't even. They're phones, but they're more like computers. You barely use them as a phone. Do you ever get a phone call? You're like, what? What's wrong? Hello? Is there an emergency? Why are you calling me? 
Why aren't you texting me? That's way better, because I can avoid that better. Which, by the way, it's, it's so hard now to not return someone's phone call. The immediacy now is, is just part uh, ingrained in our culture and technology. If someone tries to get a hold of you, the, you need to get back right away. That's just the, the world we live in now. With text and email and Facebook and voicemail and phone calls, people can just get a hold of you at all times. And it's weird if you don't get back to them. It's bullshit. I had a friend call me the other day. I missed his call. Left me a voicemail. Ten minutes later, texted me. Then sent me a Facebook message. My friend's a little needy. But this is the world we live... And your devices now have turned against you. They rat you out. You can't open a message or a text without your phone telling the other person, he read it. He read your message at 10.34, by the way. And then your phone tells you, by the way, I let him know that you read it at 10.34, so you better reply. It's like this weird, you can't not get back to, so now I just don't return any phone calls. I'm the hardest man to reach. Fuck it. I don't owe anything to anyone. But you, it's just always there and communication and, ugh. It's exhausting even thinking about it. Technology is advancing, I think, too fast. Do you ever get a voicemail? That's weird too. Nobody, you know, no, everyone pays for voicemail now, but no one gets like no one uses it. You always any voicemail I get, I'm like, oh, I have a new message, and the nine times out of ten is just click. Someone listens to the whole thing. Your call has been transferred to an automatic voice message service system. Julian Dion is not available. At the tone, please leave a message. Click. Who waits the whole time, by the way? Who does that? Stop doing that if you're one of those people. Everyone texts. It's too much. And I also find, like, your phones are basically used now for texting or porn. I find it, it's... I find it weird that you use the same device for both things. I find it odd that you can... With the same device, you can jerk off to porn and get a phone call from your mom. That never happened back in the day. That was never... You never... You never would be looking, perusing through the... You know, bra section of the Sears catalog and then... Turn the page and it's your mom. Hey. Hey. Hi, son. On the same thing. That never happened before. But it can now. It's a plausible thing. Totally. We're just carrying around these little computer porn machines in our pockets. Communication that anyone can get a hold of you at all times. And now with with the world's information at our fingertips, it's you're not we're not fascinated by anything anymore. Nothing nothing surprises you because you can Google it. And that gives you the, the misconception that you know things, but we don't know more. It's just Google knows it. It's just all there. Anything you want to find. We used to be so much more fascinated as a, as a people before, as a culture, you know? Things used to fascinate us way, way more. Remember the caramel secret? Oh, my God. How do they, how do they get the caramel inside, inside the caramel bar? Wow. 
there there're full ad campaigns around around how to get this caramel inside of it millions of dollars spent on advertising it's a secret you can't have that secret now commercial comes on how do you get the caramel inside the caramel bar instant google a uh, molds there're two molds i mean everyone knows that there're two you take one mold and then there's uh, you you put the the caramel then you take another mold uh, and then you you put those two together i probably should have googled it but i can i can guarantee it's an easy find let me google it right now i'm going to do this right now let me see google okay safari google how do they get cara caramel in oh right away into caramel bars okay here we go cadbury caramel secret okay right away how do they okay search number it comes up first result you just put how do they get the caramel and it comes up okay how do they get okay here we go click on the first one yahoo answers you can get anything on yahoo answers how do they get the caramel in caramel bars i was right i guessed it a mold see a metal mold that they coat with chocolate that has cavities which they fill with the caramel then cool to semi solid after which they finish coating it with chocolate and when it cools enough to be solid on the assembly line it goes through the final chocolate finishing coat boom no secret no multi-million dollar ad campaign i found it 10 seconds but i remember literally watching that seeing that commercial and thinking about it for a long time not like too long but i remember spending time how do they get the caramel inside the caramel bar well now technology th- this is by the way <laughs> this is like a cheap version of mythbusters without any production value we're not fascinated by anything anymore technology's too advancing too fast and it's too accessible you can get it makes things too easy like for example photography now everyone's a phot- fucking photographer cuz you can get a really good camera that used to cost thousands of dollars for like 3 or 400 now not to mention the ones that are on your phone are already way better than cameras that were available just like 7 10 years ago so everyone's a photographer now Did you ever just walk down the street and you have to stop for someone cuz you're about to cross their path they're taking a picture of everything cuz we're in an instagram age so everything's we can't even just live in the moment now every every moment becomes about instagram oh i can craft my image with this hey let me let me put this plate of food hold on everybody let, don't dive in yet i know we're sharing this food at this restaurant let me take pictures first everything is a picture oh, let me instagram that oh hold you can't even think or appreciate something in the moment it's all already you're living in the future of how people will perceive you based on this oh this is a cool cool graffiti instead of appreciating it oh let me instagram let me take a picture let's t- take take a selfie in front of the insta the graffiti <laughs> anyway everyone's a photographer i think it's just offensive to photographers it has to be you know people that have studied photography and do this try to make earn a living everyone's a fucking photographer now that that'd be as if like uh they came out with like a really easy playing guitar and everyone just played guitar on the street It'd be offensive to you know real musicians or like uh paint by number paintings that's just a new thing now everyone just paints does that make sense am i making sense 
Anyway, I'm sick of technology. I need a break. This is a recurring theme, but I need to go back to the woods, I think. Let's indulge in that technology. Let's read some emails. Hello. You have 6,056 new messages. Aren't you fucking popular? Oh, they are all from stalkers. Okay, once again, just to remind you, you can email the show anytime at pod, that's P-O-D, at jdcomedyhour.com, and I encourage you to do so. Please uh, give me a shout. Drop me a line. I want to hear from you. All right, let's see what we got here. Email number one from Lisa. Lisa did not specify where she's from, uh, so when you do write, uh, be sure to let me know. I'm curious. Lisa, uh, dear Julian, I love the podcast. I've been listening uh, since episode one. Thank you, Lisa. I must admit, I noticed that for every guest in your intro, you say, uh, what can I say about this guy? And at the end of the interview, you say, well, I could talk to you all day. Do you really feel like that about each guest? Well, thanks, Lisa. I appreciate you listening, first of all. And secondly, paying great detail, attention to detail, to <laughs> Mike... I'm going to guess you're a control freak in your life, Lisa. Is that is that accurate? I appreciate listening since day one. I appreciate the email, but... Um, you know, uh, what what do you what do you say to that? What do you say to that? I'll try to switch it up for you. Okay, from now on, thank you for making me self-conscious on my own podcast. I will be more attentive and try to switch it up for Lisa. Anyway, I could talk to you all day, Lisa, but let me move on to another email. All right, email number two from Nick in New Brunswick. Uh, my home province, yeah. All right, Nick says, uh, hey, man, love the podcast. Uh, I used to smoke pot myself, but I quit, and it seemed pretty easy. You seem to talk about it a lot. Nick. Wow, positive emails today. This is good. <laughs> this is good. Nick, I'm going to guess you're one of those people that when you say you used to smoke pot, it'd be once in a while at a party and uh, you'd, you'd someone would pass you a joint and uh, have a little hoot, have a laugh, maybe some munchies, and go home and not touch it again for a while. Uh, that wasn't the case for me. Uh, that I could never have that relationship with it. And whoever says it's not addictive, is is that's pure bullshit. It's really addictive, still is, nine months in, and I'm still... Um, it's obviously not in my system, so it's... Not physically addictive, but uh, mentally, psychologically, it is. I had this debate with my friend. He's saying it's not an addiction. It's a psychological addiction. Well, he's saying the word addiction right there. Anyway, I don't... I tend to want to make these emails funny, but... Thanks, Nick. Thanks for bringing that up. Addiction. What, what else can I say about you, Nick? I could talk to you all day. All right, that's it for emails. That was a light segment today, but that is uh, that is it for emails. Email the show pod at jdcomedyhour.com. Let me roll in. Uh, let me roll in my interview today. Uh, my guest on the podcast, very interesting. This was one of my favorite talks uh, so far. One of my one of my favorite episodes to record. My guest was um, 
Very interesting fellow by the name of Fabio Mantuana, an Italian gentleman who's been living in Mexico for the last 18 years, and he's traveled the world as a chef and line cook and also a entertainment MC, event MC, all over the world. Speaks seven languages. His family at one point was threatened by the drug cartel in Mexico. Anyway, he's got a really a fascinating story. I think you'll enjoy it. See, I don't only interview comedians or musicians or artists. I want to interview people, interesting people that have that can bring something to you, the listener. So I think uh, we accomplished that with Fabio. So enjoy my chat and uh, yeah, that's it. Enjoy our chat, my chat with Fabio, our chat together, and just remember to be here, be present. Nothing else matters. It's just me and you right now and Fabio. Okay, just you do you, you do. You. You and me belong, just like the flowers, laughing all day long. People, I need to lose. Sing a little song, then take a shower. Julian Dion, comedy All right, everybody, my guest today, a very interesting, fascinating gentleman, sits in front of me here in studio, in Lemon Press Studios. Uh, what can I say about this guy? Well, actually, I don't know what I can say about this guy. Usually, I have these elaborate intros for for my guests, and uh, but my knowledge on this guy is somewhat limited. I, all I know is that he's very fascinating, and he's got uh, quite the story to tell, and I thought it would make, uh, for, interest, make for interesting radio to share with you guys. My guest today, he hails from Italy originally. He spent the last 18 years in Mexico, and now he finds himself here in Canada. He was the proprietor of two very high-end restaurants in Mexico, El Forno, by 50 Friends in Jalapa and Veracruz. And he was also on a television show in Mexico, a cooking show, A La Veracruzana, Cruzana, A La Veracruzana, on uh, TV Mas. And uh, again, he's got a fascinating story. My guest today, Fabio Mantuan, sits in studio. Fabio, welcome. Thank you, Julian. Actually, I'm very impressed about your pronunciation. Alava Cruzana, very good. Yeah, and I did, then, that, uh, that was know, great. Um, I'm very glad to be here with you guys, and, and I hope uh, the old interview will be, um, how do you say Good. Uh, good for everybody. You sure. know, let's have fun and let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Okay, so let's... Hello, Canada! A <laughs> world. Actually, people all over are listening to this. Okay, good, out. because I'm in internet, right? Yeah, internet. Good. So people in, in Mexico and uh, Italy can listen to this as well. So let's start. You're, which part of Italy are you from originally? I'm from Milan, Italy. You're from Milan, okay. Yes. And, uh, and how old are you, if, you, if you don't mind me asking? Right now, I'm 43 years old. 43 years yes. old. And you're a chef by trade in Mexico. You owned two restaurants. And so tell us a little bit about your backstory. Give us, paint a picture for us. So you, you're from Milan. And so, because uh, my, my knowledge of your uh, experience is somewhat limited. So all I know is that you were in Italy, then Mexico for 18 years, and now here. So at what point do you fall in love with cuisine? When do you start cooking? How do you gain that experience? And how do you get from Italy to Mexico? If you could just take us down that road a little bit. Okay, um, I'm from Milan actually, so uh, I start, I went to school in Villa d'Este, which is an hotel school in Lake Como, 
and then uh, if I'm not wrong right now, is the second best uh, school uh, culinary school in Europe. So I had, I graduated from the school and then started working in a uh, Princess Cruise Line for two years. And that was over in the Mediterranean. Where is that cruise line? In the Mediterranean. Okay. In the Mediterranean, it's like Greece and and in the coast of Italy. And when you just explain a little bit to our listeners, when you're working on a cruise ship, how many? How, how long are you out at sea? Like you do stints for a few months at a time. How does that work? No, it was like a two weeks uh, trip. Two weeks and then and one week off. Sort and of thing? one week off and back again. For, back again. For another two weeks. And you were a line cook. Yeah, I was a line cook. Nice. And how was that? Uh, how old were you at that point? No, I was like 21, 22 years old. 21, when 22. I started. And I did it for two years only. Two years. And, but that, I mean, I'm guessing that on a cruise ship of that, like that in the Mediterranean, there's people from all walks of life that work on there. Because the first, thing I, first thing I learned from you is that you, at one point, knew seven languages. I think you say yes. now that you speak four fluently. I speak four fluently right now because I lost the three others because <laughs> I, I don't have time or people to practice it. Right, what were those seven languages? That was, okay, I speak, okay, let me start with the fluent. Okay. It's Italian, Spanish, French, and English. Okay. I used to speak Greek, uh, Danish, and Arab. Okay. And so you're a line cook. How many people in the kitchen uh, in a Princess Cruise Line? Uh, we're like uh, 75, 80 people, depends on the shift. Crazy. And tell us a little yeah, bit we how... Yeah, we were cooking like uh, for 2,500 people, I'm sorry. And what's a day like as a, as a line cook on a cruise ship? So you... I, from what I understand, I had a comedian in here not that long ago who did comedy on cruise ships and... His experience was that when your staff, you're sort of you're quarantined in the quarters on the on the in the, like the not the hull of the ship but the lower level, and so do you work long days? What are the hours like, sort of? No, thing? it was like eight hours or ten hour ships. It depends mm-hmm. of the depends of the events because sometimes uh, we have uh, special events like Christmas or New Year's Eve or Easter yeah. or maybe some uh, private show or private events. And there was something different, so you you work uh, more hours, you know, right. and different dishes which are not included in a, in a, in a shape menu. So that's when you work a little bit more. Right, and so that's it. So you're 21. You're working on a cruise. Are you meeting women on the cruise? How does that work? <laughs> that's, a, that's a tricky question, man. Yeah. I'm married, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the past. This is over 20 yeah, years I ago. Know, I know, I know. <laughs> well, you get you get to know girls and you know and women and tourists, whatever. <laughs> All right, okay, I know that's frowned upon. You can't really have sex or fuck the tourists. That's <laughs> they don't like that, right? On cruise ships. No, they don't do that. They don't. Do, they so don't you sort of it. intermingle with the other staff. Yeah. And Basically, you know, you finish your shift, you go back to your room. Yeah. But, you know, there is all... I mean, come on, let's be real. Let's rules, be real. R- rules are made to be broken. <laughs> so, what the hell? You, Beep. Oh, you, no, you can say fuck on this. I can say fuck you on this program. You can say whatever you want. Bitch, okay. fuck, what the whore fuck? cunt, whatever you want. Okay, whatever. Thank you. Thank you. I love you. I love the show. The internet, maybe. Um, okay, so you're 21, you're working on a cruise liner, you do that for, for two years, two weeks on, are you making good money at this point? I How, used to make a good money. And yeah. On a cruise, it's yeah, good? Yeah, in those years, like 20 and over years ago, I used to make good, good mm-hmm. money, good mm-hmm. money. And, and then you save the, you save every fucking penny because you'll stay all, you're always on board. And on your week off, are you, f- are you flying home? Are you going home? Or like, how does that home? No. Yeah. I mean, you have a, uh, uh, like a, a living point. Let's right. say, uh, I live from Miami. 
I go around the Caribbean, I go back to Miami. So you have an apartment in Miami or a studio, whatever. Right. You know, even in the Mediterranean, you know, I live from Naples. I go around the Mediterranean, I go to Greece and 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 whatever, and then I go back to Naples. So you have the you have your own, uh, you have your own uh, uh, apartment or studio where you can say, I mean, that's your own your own place, you yeah, know. Yeah. Yeah. So on, on your week off, you go back to to your studio or your your home. And then you party, you rest. It's up to you, you know. I imagine there's a lot of partying that happens. Uh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of fucking party. A lot of man. hangover shifts and and doing it. Oh so, yeah, man. Especially in the kitchen, you know. Yeah. I, I mean, we work with alcohol. You know, we have the issue with cognac and brandy and wine and wine. So, and a look, little bit. Of I, I've been a, a cook. I've been a cook for like over twenty years right now. Right. Right, I'm not cooking anymore just for special event. I'm taking I'm taking care of businesses like restaurants and running restaurants mm-hmm. or whatever. But all my life, I never met a sober cook. Right, everybody in the kitchen drinks a little so bit of brandy. Can, oh yeah, a little bit of everything. You a little know? bit of brandy in the dish, then a little for yourself. Exactly, that's the good thing. You know, <laughs> that's how you get through it. Courtesy of the house. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's a good thing. I mean, I mean, I mean, you don't you don't have to abuse it. I mean, I don't want people to misunderstand that's my message you know uh, you're young you start you f- you get out from school you start working you go to a big place with different people from different nationality and then it's all of a sudden your life change and uh, from nothing you see a lot of things and a lot of money and alcohol and women whatever so don't take this message wrong it happens shit happens you know <laughs> but you know take control yourself yeah yeah that's right Okay, so now you do that for two years, and what's the trajectory after that? Why, why did you stop doing the cruise ships? Did you want to just sort of do the more restaurant thing on the mainland and sort of? Oh, yeah, that's uh, that's a good question. In to work on a cruise ship is not easy because it's a, it's a very it, it's tough. It's tough, you know. You're you're on the ocean, the sea for 15 days. You don't even see the sun sometimes. And then uh, I decide you make good money because you save every single penny. That's that. That's that's true. So I save a lot of money mm-hmm. in those two years. So as the company can 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 I switch to hotels, right? Right? Because Princess, I used to work for Princess uh, Cruise Lines, by the way, uh, has a hotel all over the world, also under different names. So I ask my uh, my transfers to to two hotels, and they accept that. So I went to hotel. I remember went to Greece once, one time in Coast Island, and then uh, I find out there was entertainment, like on the ship. So I'm like, talk to the director. I'm like, I like entertainment. I don't want to be a chef anymore. So I'm like, kind of my life switch a little bit. You know, I wanted to try something different in uh, tourism tourism business. So the guy gave me uh, a chance to to try it out. So I started entertainment. It turns out I'm good. So well, suddenly I was an MC. So you were MCing. Yeah, so I was presenting all the show on the hotel and everything. What kind of shows? Everything, like like a tropical show, a comedian show, uh, whatever. So you go from the kitchen in a cruise ship to, to the now, theater. From to the, the kitchen to the theater. But now you're not on cruise ships anymore. You're in hotels. Yeah. In Greece. In Greece and in in Tunis. I worked in Cuba. I worked in Dominican Republic. I worked in Colombia. Uh, I worked in Venezuela. I work in the United States, I work in Denmark, I work in Italy, I worked in uh, also in Greece, on a hotel that went to Greece again, so you name it. And so you sort of do in this... In Mexico, of course, Mexico. Jamaica. 
And so you do this through your 20s. And how are you uh, jumping from hotel to hotel? Like you'll do like a few weeks or months? No, it was like, it was sometimes it was like six months contract. Uh, Depends of the country. Like if you go to Arab country like Egypt and Tunis, they give you six months contract because European. And it's up to to the, 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 the tour operator that you're working for. But I worked also for three in Mexico. Actually, when the first time I came to Mexico, I worked for like two years. Right. At the same hotel. And that's, are you renewing the six month contract over and yeah, over? I renew it. It. Yeah, I renew it. It's up to me. You know, if I want to renew it or not, if I want to uh, change company. In Dominican Republic, I, I last like uh, three years. Right. And I work for three different companies. I don't know if I'm allowed to say it. Say it. Barcelona, Iberostar, and Melia, which yeah. are three uh, giant, uh, all inclusive uh, resorts all over the world, over 500 hotels. Mm-hmm. So it's it's cool. It's cool. I like it. And so out of all those places, you're doing that through your 20s. Uh, at this time, you're just emceeing? You're not in the kitchen at all? You're just go from hotel to hotel emceeing? Emceeing, uh, do water sports, do entertainment activities during the day. Like it could be water sports or, or land sports, like, uh, I don't know, um, um, archery or volleyball, beach volleyball, um, aqua gym, whatever, you know? In what language are you predominantly? Yeah, I was doing like five languages. So the show is in all different languages. Yes. That's amazing. And uh, so before you... And also, of course, I used to do... I, I, I improvised. I talked to the manager and I used to give a cooking lesson also. Mm-hmm. It was an extra activity for the hotel, which was a very successful, you know. So so guests... And let me tell you something, Julian. I had so many different phone numbers. <laughs> <laughs> so guests had come to the hotel, the resort... Remember, loves come from the kitchen. That's right. So they want to learn how to cook, so you give them classes yeah, to I, guests? You know, I did something crazy, you know. I give a cooking lesson, and at the same time, I give Italian classes. Right. Because I used to give Italian dishes, mm-hmm. you know, and all the ladies were, like, fascinated. So I used to give the ingredients in English and in Italian. So they're learning. Uh, they're learning. The language. And they, they, and start, they start asking me, how oh, can you say... I, 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 do you say this in, in in Italian? I'm like, this, 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 and this, no, for example. Right. And then it turns out that, wow, uh, first day of like uh, five people, seven days after I was like 35 people sitting in front of me, like all women, you know, <laughs> wanted to learn how to cook. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe learn how to speak Italian. Or how to fuck. Whatever. That's <laughs> <laughs> not common. <laughs> um, wow, that's amazing. So, you do that. You're giving lessons. You're you're teaching a little bit. You're doing a, a little bit of uh, of everything. Sip. And w- which is your favorite place? First of all, let's talk to th- about the languages. When I first met you, you told me you never actually studied any languages. How did you learn all those things? By traveling and working in the kitchen. Right. I have to thank the kitchen because I work with uh, people from all over the world, and then. Uh, we don't know how to communicate if you don't speak English, which is the main language, you know, to work in an mm-hmm. international cruise ship or international hotel, you know, in the kitchen. And then uh, there's two things. You open your ears, you really listen. Mm-hmm. You really listen Yeah, yeah. what people say to you mm-hmm. or you lose your job. Right. So it's a matter of, uh, it's a matter of um, surviving, you right. know, because uh, maybe like me, you know, for example, you know, uh, I went over there. I didn't know any English. I didn't know any Spanish. I didn't know anything. And I'm like, okay, what am I going to do now? And so then you open your ears and then by, by like, uh, how do you call it? When you move your hands, it's uh, 
I don't know, like expression, like like right. the body expression, and then you have to focus because you don't want to screw your, the pl the dish or the plate, you know, because they're gonna charge you for that. Right, right. Because it's something that you don't you don't have to do because you're working in a professional place. Even if you don't speak the language, even if you have a degree or, or, or a diploma, or whatever. But if you're there, it's for something. It's for a reason. And and the company it doesn't accept the one dish comes out uh, bad. Right. So you open your ears or you, you lose a job. So you have to through body language, yeah. like you said. Body language, listening. it's up to you. You know, open your ears. Just I mean, listen. Right. Listen in a real way. Right. And you just pick it up. You just just like yeah, pick it up. Before you know it, you're speaking seven yeah. languages. And at the beginning, I speak like the seven languages. I don't, I don't even know how to, how to write it. Yes, to read it. I, I knew how to read it, but to write right. it cost me a little bit. Even now, I don't write uh, all the languages that I speak properly. Right. Okay, except my, my, my mother language, you know, which is Italian. Right. But, I mean, uh, I text you today in English. I don't know if I'm making yeah, mistakes, yeah, right. but whatever, you know. But that's, I never went, I never studied languages. Right. I, I, I just learned it. There you go, folks. That's, that's, how you, that's how you learn languages. You travel. Who needs Rosetta Stone? No, the best school is traveling, man. Right. Just go take your rock bag. Say say hello to your mama. Say you go to the coffee store and buy a coffee and just take a plane and leave. Just go leave. to Thailand, <laughs> go to Bali, go to Greece, go to Italy, go to Mexico. So that's how you do it? You just tell your mom you're going for a coffee and you never come that's back? That's actually what I did. Really? Yes, because after when I graduated, she, my mom is a doctor. She she wanted me to go to, to, to the medicine school. And I'm like, okay, ma'am. I, I say, you know, I need a break. I want to go to Greece, to Greece on vacation for one month. Mm -hmm. Wait, I came back. Three and a half years later, did she? I just disappeared. She must. We must have kept contact. Of, and by I, I actually, I did back in those days. There were no cell phones or anything. Right. I used to call her like like like, like a normal phone, and then she actually, you know, you want to you, you want you're gonna love on this. She actually she actually contacted a detective. No way to find you to find me because she wanted me to go back to to to, to the medicine school. So this was uh, like when you first went out on cruise ships. Yeah, no, that, that's before the cruise ship. Before, like you you went out on your yeah, own. Yeah, because I said I'm going to vacation. I went for three three and a half years. And where did you go on those three and a half years? In Greece, close to Athens. I was in Glyfada. Uh, it's like uh, 20 minutes away from the airport, but you know it's a residential area anyway. Um, in the springtime, we used to go to the islands. Greek islands are beautiful, and uh, until the the, the 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 winter, you know. So my mother knew it, and I was in Greece, but I never told her where I was in Greece. That's right. why she couldn't try to fucking yeah, detective come to Greece and find me. He never find me, of course, because he never I, found I, you. I was moving all the time. Right, you know? I was Jesus. a I was a runaway guy, man. Was giving a, your mom a, a nervous breakdown. Yeah, yeah. So at this at this point, you're 18. Yeah, I was I was 19. And what were you doing in Greece? Working a bar, restaurant. Right. Yeah, anything. Anything, just anything. to sort of make ends meet. And yeah, then yeah, you yeah. eventually make it over to cruise. How do you make that leap from just traveling in Greece to cruise lines? How do you get the first cruise liner job? Like, how do you get into that? Um, okay, the first cr cruise job, it was after, well, okay, after, after Greece, I came back, you know, because I had to mm -hmm. go back. Because my mother said, you know, if you don't come back, I'm going to cut you off. Right. You don't, you know, part of my family. So I was gonna lose all my fucking money, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> she's okay. she's funding you throughout this. She find me. I mean, I had to go back. Right. I had to go back, of course. Uh, so I went back, and then uh, through the school, they get me a job. 
in okay. the cruise ship. On the cruise ship. And then I start traveling after that. Okay. And so you go, okay, so you, r- you run away from home. You find yourself in Greece for a few years, just working away, finding your yourself. You're young. You're gaining all this life experience. You make it to cruise ships. You learn seven languages. Uh, you go to hotels, travel all over the world. You're do- an MC. You're doing entertainment. You're doing cooking lessons slash Italian lessons. Out of all the cities you've been to, which is your favorite experience? Before, let, before let's assume Mexico, obviously, because you ended up there for 18 years. But before you landed and settled in Mexico, what what was your best experience? Would you say your best city or your? Wow, that's difficult to to answer because every country I've been, uh, it's beautiful. I imagine, you know? especially at that age in your 20s, you're like a sponge. Yeah, just in the 20s up to 30s, you know, yeah. it's like. Uh, you don't really understand what's going on. You just want to learn more. And, and then no matter, you know, if you sleep on the beach one night or, you know, the best hotel or whatever. Yeah. It's like uh, you meet people, different people. And then I'm like, um, I've this, I don't know, something, something is with me and I'm clicking mm-hmm. very easily with people like, 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 like I did with you, Julian, when I met you, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, Hey, don't, don't, we're not gay, we're not couple, don't, don't misunderstand that thing, right? <laughs> so it's like uh, I get along with everybody, Yeah, you know? Yeah, you do. So very, very easy to get along with. Yeah, I man. think that comes with traveling and, and like you yeah, said, that's, getting Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. That's, that's the best school, you know? Yeah. I mean, keep your feet on your ground. Always remember where you're coming from. Always remember that. Mm-hmm. And no matter if you start from nothing, from bottom, and you get big money, one day this big money, you're going to lose it. Well, we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, so your mom's a doctor. Do you have any brothers and sisters? Yes, I do. I have a half sister uh, from my father's first marriage. Mm-hmm. And then uh, she lives in Venice, Venice, Italy. Yes. And what does your father do? My father passed away two years ago. Oh, I'm sorry about that. No, don't Wh- worry about it. What did he do? He was a manager for, the, you know, the air conditioning company called York? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In Italy, yes. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, you do that. You're sort of uh, skating through your twenties and thirties. When do you land in Mexico, and how do you decide to settle then in Mexico? Well, um, I came to Mexico with. A, I was in Gran Canaria before. Mm-hmm. From Gran Canaria, they sent me to Mexico, and 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 I landed in Cancun. So I worked for this hotel. Uh, for a couple of months, and then the same hotel as another hotel in Playa del Carmen, which is like 45 minutes away, driving from Cancun. I walk over there, and then turns out that I met these people, and I used to work. We used to work t- together in Dominican Republic and in Venezuela, and in Isla Margarita, years back. So I changed hotel, I went to work back with them uh, again, and then uh, they offered me Huatulco, because the entertainment a big um, team in Huatulco was very low. All the all the the, the mention, the commentaries, and the tourists leave. It was very very bad. So they sent me over there just to try to to pick up the, the audience, you know. Mm-hmm. So and it works out. It turns out that I was good. Mm-hmm. So I went to Huatulco. Just sort of MC stuff. Yeah, again, stuff. and then Huatulco, I met my my ex-wife actually. Then uh, uh, she used to work for uh, Mexicana de Aviación, which was the main uh, Mexican airlines. Then now doesn't exist anymore and she was staying there with a with a cruise ship you're right mm-hmm. uh, with the crew uh, stuff so i met gina 
That's her name. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we fell in love back in those days, mm -hmm. you know. Then I turned 30, I remember. And then she lived in Mexico City because the main airport is over there. I'm like, you know, Gina, I don't want to turn like uh, those uh, entertainer. No, no disrespect for Club Mediterranean. Uh, like in Mediterranean club, you have entertained like the 40, 45s, you know, you got big ballets. You don't make fun anymore. You don't even have the energy to entertain people. Right, you know? right, right. I'm like, okay, I'm going to start getting depression. I'm like, okay, let me come to see you. In Mexico City. In Mexico City, like mm -hmm. a few days, and then uh, and then uh, I found my way to get a job because I have some contents over there. Mm -hmm. So I went to Mexico City, and she's like, you know, tomorrow I'm leaving to Cancun, Cancun, Los Angeles, Los Angeles, Cancun, and back to Miami, and back to Mexico City. It was like six flights a day, six days flight, you know? I'm like, okay, I'm broke. Well, no worry about it, man. I got free tickets because I'm a flight attendant. Yeah. Cool. So we went on a street together, and then we fell in love. So you went with her, tra I, I, so you went with her traveling? I went to this girl that I met. Was, she was a stewardess. Right. And so like you... Then, you then afterwards... It's my wife. Right. Well, my ex-wife. So just to go back on the entertainment, you said it was sort of uh, dragging you down. You're sort of getting over it. Describe specifically what you were doing entertainment-wise. So I'm seeing, I'm seeing, like, what were you, so you, let's say there's a band that's playing at the hotel, so you just yeah. sort of go up. What do you do? You just entertain the crowd? You? Do I do everything. I do, like, uh, small shows, um, like contests, you know, for the crowds. I introduce the band or, or or the shows whatever you know mm -hmm. and i do like like a between show and show you know when when the dancer that they need time to get changed and whatever so i come out on stage and i make fun i do a comedy shows yeah like i love comedy that's mm -hmm. that's my thing i love comedy and then uh, uh i used to do some kind of games with the audience you know so that it was like a massive crowds like screaming Fabio you crazy motherfucker <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. like this you know and sometimes like uh, I was like, like normally I used to work like adults uh, resorts you don't know no, no where, there were no kids like from 18 up right so it was e even easier you know to say jokes oh, because yeah, you, yeah. Don't, you, 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 you can say fuck yeah. on the microphone and everybody nobody say anything to it's you it's hard you know? to entertain kids because it, it it is, and I imagine there's a lot of rules, especially when there's kids and stuff with resorts and hotels. They're very strict, I imagine. They are, they are very strict, you know, because you know a lot to 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 uh, you know raise the volume of the microphone, the music, whatever, and you know allowed to say anything like like vulgar, you right. know. Did Did you ever get in trouble for anything you said on stage? Uh, some yes, I did sometimes. You ever fired from a job? Or no, anything? never, never, never. I never got fired. Just they, 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 they took my, they, they, what you said? They paid my attention. They took my attention. How do you say in English? Took your attention? Yeah, like they point a finger at me and they say, you know, you scratch your balls when you were talking. I'm like, <laughs> you know, how they itching. Oh, they were really like paying attention to your every move. Yeah, sort of you know, because right. I, was, I was like all the all the flashlights on me because you know I was right. like the main guy, not the main guy. I mean, no, not the one. I'm not. I wasn't the main guy. I was just like an MC. I was a guy on the right. stage with a microphone, just introducing to the. And people. does that pay well doing that sort of thing uh, for resorts? Well, that age was good, you know, yeah. because you had a free hotel room, you know, five stars right. hotel. Uh, you you eat, you drink, uh, and you sleep with your uh, your guest. Yeah. So <laughs> you can ask better things. So you don't care if they pay you good or not because everything is paid. It right drugs. So, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into of it. Course, of course, man. Of course, yeah. 
Of course, like lots of weed and alcohol, of course. Coke. Of course, sometimes. Of course, you got it's your late night gigs. How many hey, shows are you doing on. tonight? Yeah, uh, listen, you work all day from 7 o'clock in the morning, all the sport activities, you go lunch, yeah. you rest one hour, you go back to the, to the swimming pool, you, you're reversing for the show, for the night show, yeah. you do the show, you go to the disco, you do show in the disco, you dance. After the disco, you take the costume out of town to different disco until four, five, six in the morning. You fuck all the rest of the day. You go back to the hotel. You don't sleep. Right. Do it so, all over again. Exactly. Fuck. So, of course, you need some coke. Yeah. Because yeah. you don't fucking... <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? you need it. I mean, you're 20, you're 25, whatever, but yeah, you know okay. Superman, man. Yeah. I mean, whatever. It's one thing for the other. Yeah. And how many shows a night? Are like, like, just like one show? And then you said you take people out. You, like, so people are coming to the resort. You're actually taking them out into the cities, into the clubs and stuff like that? Yes, oh, yes, wow. yes. After the show, after the, 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 the hotel program ends. Right. You know, because after the show, you go to the disco, like for one or two hours. Yeah. Like one o'clock, everything shuts down. So after one o'clock, if the guests decide to go out with you, you call a cab, you know, for the hotel club, and you take them, you take them downtown to clubs. That's and amazing. I was the fucking king of the downtown, yeah, you know, because yeah, yeah. I was, you know, I bring people to the to the club, they give me money, yeah, I free drinks, mm-hmm. and know everybody. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. That's I mean I know comedians that would kill for that job, and you, that's just sort of something you sort of fell into just just uh, randomly. Right? Yeah. Cool. Okay. So that answers that. So now you're in Mexico. You fall in love with Gina. Yes? Yes. That's her name? Okay. I got scared for a minute. I thought maybe that was another <laughs> one. I'm like, shit, was that it? <laughs> yeah. <that's> Gina. <laughs> the way he looked at me, I'm like, oh, fuck. Uh, <laughs> she's a flight attendant. She was. Um, she was. She was. You're in Mexico City. How do you make the transition from MC to back in the kitchen? Uh, when I decided to leave hotel business because it's too, it was too rough, and, you know, you turn you turn thirty, yeah, you, you think a little bit different, you know. Yeah. So I'm like, what the fuck am I gonna do the rest of my life, man? So one thing that really upset me, because I work for big companies for many years, and then uh, when I turn th- when I turn thirty years old, I asked them, I want to take uh, a course to be hotel manager because it's part of the hotel program right and they just give me the finger mm. because they have the nephew or the friend or the nephew or whatever you know these fucking little kids like 18 years old they sit on the chair where they don't belong because they don't know shit actually their secretaries do their job mm-hmm. you know and they're making thousands of dollars a month right and then they don't even speak one fucking language right that's what it really pisses me off. So there's no opportunity for growth, so you decide, fuck the hotel business. I'm going back into the restaurants. For who? Like, you, there's no opportunity to grow. You're saying you can't get well, those Well, back in those days, no. Not for me. Well, wait, wait, don't, don't misunderstand me. It's not every hotel. That was my experience. Right, right, right. personal. Right. Okay, so don't say that it was, there is no opportunity. Okay. Maybe there are opportunity. And maybe for me, uh, that's what happened. Right. Uh, that's my story, the, my, sp- my personal story. And you don't really want to be an MC for the rest of your life, uh, you know, going from club to club. You sort of want to settle down. So what's your first, before you, you get uh, Il Forno by 50 Friends, how, how do you get back? At the, so what's your first restaurant job after the hotels? I open a restaurant. That's it? 
Yes. From hotels to fuck, I'm just going to open my own place. I opened my own fucking place. And so, and that was Il Forno? No, that was in Veracruz called Roma de Noche. Roma de Noche. Roma by night. Okay, what kind of uh, Italian, uh, Italian restaurant? restaurant Italian restaurant, but more like like a home homemade uh, cuisine. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like a low lights, and then then everything was like break inside, and had paintings like uh, from the uh, I don't know Leonardo da Vinci, Michelangelo, of course mm-hmm. fakes. You know, you know what I mean. <laughs> but it was like that was a it was a cool place. And uh, bathroom break? Yes. Can okay. I take a break? Yeah, we're gonna take a short break. And uh, we'll be right uh, back with more um, with more with uh, Fabio Mantuan. Thank you, guys. This episode of the Julian Dion Comedy Hour podcast, yeah, episode number seven. That's right, this one right here, right here, brought to you once again by Echo One Photography, Toronto. Hey, you're listening to this comedians, musicians, business person. Anybody, if you want some headshots done, look no further. Any photography needs, really. Echo One Photography can do that for you. You own a business in Toronto? Hey, you want to shoot your products for that, you know, e-commerce or advertising purposes? Well, hey, Echo One will do that too, yeah. Email Eugene, E-U-G-E-N-E, at echo1photography.com. Enter J-D-C-H in the subject line for special offers. Do that today. Back-to-back ads. Yeah, I'm sorry about that, but hey, you gotta you gotta pay the bills. Toronto listeners, this episode is also brought to you by HP Audio. If you're looking for DJ services for any sort of event that you can think anything you can think of, really. Business luncheon. I mentioned that before. Luncheons are fun, huh? How about a good luncheon? Want a DJ? Spice up that luncheon with some DJing. Weddings, birthdays, private events, anything at all. Contact HB Audio. Elaborate audio installs. Don't do it. Your, don't do it. Don't even try to do it yourself. Hire the professionals at HB Audio. Email djhpaudio at gmail.com and enter JDCH once again in the subject line for special offers. Thank you. And we are back with Fabio Mantuan. And uh, you had a little something to say, uh, Fabio, a little dedication? Yes, uh, actually I do. I have a dedication to my girl, Madeline uh, Machu Mondino, who lives in Huatulco, Oaxaca. Madeline, I love you so much. You're my baby girl, and I'll see you in a few days. Just wait for me, baby. I love you, and I send you so many kisses. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, just that, a that was too fucking coarse. Yeah, no. <laughs> a little, a little visual for the listeners. He's pointing to a camera right now and singing uh, or saying this, improvising. That was very Italian of you, by the way. <laughs> I should say, I should say also, he took off his shirt to to. <laughs> that yeah, right. Licking my nipples too, right? <laughs> uh, very. Uh, that's the Italian stallion coming out. <laughs> that's not my Italian fire, right? A little dedication to his uh, Chilean lover, who's in uh, Huatulco. Yeah, Mexico, Huatulco, Mexico. Huatulco, Mexico. Okay. She's my love. Quickly get back to the story. Uh, we left off with you um, owning this restaurant. This. What was the name of the restaurant again? Your first one. Uh, Roma de Noche. Roma de Noche. Means right. Roma by night Roma. in Spanish. That mm-hmm. was in Mexico, in the, in the Jalapa, Veracruz. Jalapa, Veracruz. 
خلفها فيراكروس خلفها فيراكروس برونشيشن مان اند So did you own that? Like, how do you get into getting a restaurant? You just find partners, investors. No, I did. I did with my saving from from the hotel business. Oh, okay. So and you're alone. Long, so you do this on your own. Yes. And how long did you have that restaurant? Uh, for one and a half years. One and a half years. Yeah, and I give it away. You gave it away. Yeah, I give it away because I I moved to somebody some somewhere else. What do you mean you gave it away? You sold it or yeah, just? Yeah, I sold the restaurant and and. You know the license and everything, right? And I went back to Mexico City, and that's another story, very interesting. Uh, actually, I went to Mexico City for for a while because my ex-wife uh, lived there, you know, mm-hmm. because the airport. Because she, I remember I told you she yeah. she was a flight attendant. So, um, and and then I was there for a little while, and then and and then and then. Uh, um, I find a job in in, uh, in Puerto Vallarta, which is on Pacific coast of Mexico. Mm-hmm. So I went to Vallarta, and I met this very interesting guy called Jean Pierre Renucci, which was honor this uh, fine gallery called Corsica. It's from Cors, the island of Cors, you know, mm-hmm. Corsica. So it's uh, it's a contemporary fine art, best uh, Mexican artist. So I start working uh, w- for him, and then as a salesman. Mm-hmm. And uh, the second day, I as saw a salesman. As a salesman, okay, so I didn't went... know anything about art, right. especially Mexican artists, mm-hmm. you know, sculptors and painters. So the second day, I sold like eight thousand bronze sculpture, and the third day, I sold another one for twelve thousand, and so on. So I started learning, teaching me everything. And it turns out, I was the best seller. So I used to make very good money in the ER business. So you're sort of a jack of all trades. You've done it all, basically. Yes, I did. I did because you know, I mean. Uh, Uh, you starve and then uh, you try things and it turns out and uh, it's good for you and then you do it. That's that's the whole thing. And so, how long were you in the art trades? Uh, altogether, from from Puerto Vallarta because I went to Mexico City eight years. Eight years. Yeah. And then, so how do you get back? But you seem to, no matter what you do, always fall back into the restaurant business. So then. After eight years, you opened Il Forno by 50 Friends? No. After eight years, I went to Playa del Carmen. Uh, actually, I went, to int- I went to Internet, and then uh, uh, I saw an announcement uh, from a lady who has an art gallery in Playa del Carmen, and then she was looking for a director, a manager. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay. So I call her up. She's American. And she said, you know, the gallery is my mother. I do something else. But my mother went back to the States, and then I need somebody to run it. Uh, okay, I'm go to Playa del Carmen, take a plane, I go to Playa del Carmen from Mexico City. And I uh, saw so it was on the Fifth uh, Avenue, which is the main street in Mexico City. In uh, Sorry, in Playa del Carmen. You know, with the big stores and, and everybody where, goes. Where? Which city? Playa del Carmen. Uh, okay. Riviera Maya. Okay. It's like 45 minutes away from Cancun. You know, if the some of the onions knows Mexico and Cancun, mm-hmm. of course they know Playa del Carmen, and La Quinta Avenida. Mm-hmm. That's the name in Spanish, which is very famous. So anyway, so I went over there and I saw that that, that, that there's no contemporary art in uh, in Playa del Carmen or Cancun. Mm-hmm. So I just something clicked in my mind. I'm like, okay, let's start open the business of contemporary art because there's so very big mansions, lots of rich people yeah. inside the tourists, you know, lives there. And I'm like, okay, let's do it. So I I I I talked to the to this lady and then uh, she's like, okay. 
So what do I do? We have to do. I'm like, okay, say so take this uh, artwork that you have to, because it was like a, um, I don't know, like like aquarella or something like this. You know, that wasn't very fine art. I mean, artists, you know, good artists, mm -hmm. but different different style. You know, like maybe you can buy painting for two hundred dollars. I used to sell painting for eight thousand mm. dollars. It was a big difference. You know. So I'm like, okay, let me take care about it. I go back to Mexico City. I talk to my artists, and I bring the old art, you know. Um, not for free. I'm like, they give me the, the art pieces. Uh, how do you call it? Um, conception. Conception? Then, then then when they give you the piece, and you sell it. If you don't sell it, you give it back. Um, I'm not sure. Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know the word in English. Anyway, so I went back to Mexico City. and Wait, I bring so, so they they, s they sell They give me the art pieces. Right. In a... And then uh, I put it in the gallery. Okay. And then if I sell it, okay, and I give the, the, the... Oh, right, right. They just put it up. Yeah, right. Yeah. I, I see. They put it up there. If you sell it, great. If you don't, you take it back and try yeah. to sell it elsewhere. No, 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 no. I, I give it back and they give and I exchange it for some different work. Right. Right? Because I can see it's not market for this particular piece. Got it. So it, it turns out good. So I went to play the Carmen. I had to change the old gallery i put money off from my own pocket and then uh, i spent quite a lot i was in uh, quinta avenida which is the main street so what happened was then uh, it was low season so it was no customers mm -hmm. so i spent like four months paying rent and paid like uh, lots of money in air conditioning because all the art pieces like oils and right and the canvas has to be in air conditioning you know and then all of a sudden, in January, I did my first, because it was the ice season, I did my first um, individual exposition from one artist called Emilio Sola. He's a Spanish artist, very good. He, he sells lots in Europe and especially in France. Individual uh, exposition. Uh, and then um, the guy who opened the, the exposition was the, the ambassador of Spain. He was the ambassador of Italy because I'm Italian. It was Galavision from Miami. It was Televisa from Mexico and all the, the, the magazine from Mexico. It was, I did great. I saw that the very night, the opening night for his uh, exhibition, I sold $65,000 in artwork. So it was good. One week later, something happened to me. I was in the gallery because I was in by myself, you know, nighttime, like 10.30 in, in the evening. And there is a criminal organization called Zetas in Mexico, which is very famous, very bad. So two guys came in and then start slapping him like, you're the owner. I'm like, no, I'm not the owner. I'm, you know, I pretend not to be, you know? Yeah. Because I was the director. I bring the old pieces. Well, I was responsible for the old fucking thing, mm -hmm. you know? But I was pretend because I know the Mexican way. I'm like, uh, no, I'm not the owner. So slapping me around. I'm like, I denied, I denied, I denied. I'm not the owner. Until they take out a picture of my wife and my three-year-old daughter coming out from the kindergarten. No shit. Yes, shit. So I shit myself. So they show you a picture. They've yeah. been following your and family. They wanted, yeah, they, sh they said to me, if you don't pay us 15,000 pesos every week, which is about one thousand two hundred US dollars mm -hmm. every week. We kill your family and we burn your fucking place down. Holy fuck. That very moment I was sweating a lot. I start crying. I pick up the phone. I call my wife. She was home in, in Playa de Carmen. Because we moved from Mexico City. I took my wife and my daughter. 
people my project. Mm-hmm. So I call, I call them like back. Our staff will leave tonight. I'm like, mm-hmm. she's like, why you crazy? Pack the thing. I'm coming home right now. I closed. I took a cab. I went back home. I'm like, helping her packing. We went to the airport. We fly to Merida from Merida to Veracruz. She from Veracruz, and then we either way. So I canceled my Facebook account, my email address. I changed my phone number because I was scared. I left everything in the gallery. It was over two, two and a half million pesos in value. We're you talking about we're talking about like three hundred thousand American dollars. And you just left it in our pieces. Yes. Holy shit. So, what happened? I called a lady. You know, this is this is what happened. My family is more important. Please help me to send all the art pieces back to the artists in Mexico City mm-hmm. because they're theirs. They're not mine. They're not yours. Right. Okay. And at the beginning, she was like, oh, I don't give a fuck, and blah, blah, blah. So we start arguing. I'm like, listen, her name was Eder from Seattle. I'm like, listen, Eder, this is about my fucking family. I brought the pieces. That's my responsibility. If I don't bring the pieces back, they're going to sue me. I'm going to go to jail. And I lost everything. I left my house. I left my car. I left my furniture because I took my fucking first plane leaving uh, Cancun. So don't give me that bullshit. So she agreed. The next day, she contracted a track. We they put all everything, and then they sent everything to Mexico City. Oh. In the meantime, I write emails to thirty artists to go to one uh, one single place to pick up their pieces. Crazy! It was a fucking nightmare. I lost everything. Holy shit! Everything. You said your daughter was three. She's six now. So this wasn't that long ago. This yeah, three, it was three years ago. Three. Holy shit! That was three years ago. And how far is Veracruz from uh, from where you were? Um, so like you felt? Did you feel completely safe when you were there? You still felt like you yeah, because I canceled everything. You know, right. no no telephone, no cell phone, no email, no Facebook, no nothing. Even I even fucking canceled the 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 website from the gallery. Wow. That's crazy. Okay, so just to go back a little bit, let's just paint a, a bit of a picture. So tell me about that night. So you're alone in the gallery. Yes. It's after closing. No, it's before closing. The gallery closed at 11 o'clock every evening. And and what time do these guys come? You said two guys from Setas? Yeah, or? that's that's a drug cartel, the criminals, you know, the very, very bad people in Mexico. Mm-hmm. It's a um, big crime organization, you know, they they dealing with uh, drugs, extortions, prostitution, kidnapping, and you name it. You know, all the bad things happen in Mexico. Most of them are those guys called the Zetas, like the, the letter Z. Z, oh, yes. Zetas. Zetas, yes. And so what time is it when they you come know, in? You know what's funny and at the meantime very scary, you know? In Mexico, people don't don't they don't even want to mention the setas like they don't right. even want to mention because they're afraid because they're everywhere. You right. know, I'm not like that. I'm really want people to know mm-hmm. that these these things are real. Right. This is not a fantasy. This is not a joke. You know, um, these guys. I mean, they're from the government. You know, I think because they are uh, ex-military trained and and armed. Even they have more weapons than the than the Mexican army. And they're very organized. So, what is it like? 10 p.m. at night. What time is? The yeah, it was like 10:30. 10:30. 30, 30, just 30 minutes before the closing hours. 30 minutes. Because I was always alone in the gallery. Right. You know, I open my my working hour was like 11 in the morning till mm-hmm. two. Then I had a break f- till five, and it was from five to 11 every day. It's uh, from Monday to Saturday. 
And you're there alone. It's nighttime. And you said two guys walk in? Yeah, two guys with beard all sweating. You know? Sweating. Big yeah, guys? Big guys. Big much, guys. Much bigger than yourself? Oh, yeah. I'm not a big guy. Yeah. <laughs> but um, very big guys. And they were sweating. Um, ugly faces. You know, I mean, something's wrong here. Right. Because because of the way they just walked in, walked in into the gallery. Did they walk in and just go straight to you? Or did they walk in and look around a little no, bit? No, they were straight to me because it was like the, the glass door. And my desk was like three meters away. Right. You know, facing the door. So right, I right. saw them coming in straight away. And do you stand up at this point? No, I sat down. I still, I still I tried to to, take, to be calm, you know, because I knew something wrong. They came over and they grabbed my neck and started slapping me around, you know, and, and asked me questions. Uh, telling me that I was the owner and blah, blah, blah. The, the things I told you before. And did they have uh, weapons on them? Yeah, they had two guns. Two one guns. Each. Yes, they showed me the gun. When they, they, they treated me and they said, that when they asked me, when they told me actually, if you don't pay that kid, your family and I your praise down, yeah. they showed me the gun, you know? And then I'm like, okay. So I, I agree, okay, I will pay you. They left. They said they were coming back here. I think it was Thursday. They said they were coming back next Thursday, next Thursday to, pick, to collect the money. So and, but why did they, why would they target you just randomly out of the blue? Just no, no, no. Um, every that's what I've heard. You know, my gallery was on the main street, uh, Fifth Avenue, you know, Quinta Avenue, in Playa del Carmen. So mm-hmm. you, do you have uh, actually uh, below me was an international diamond store. You know, all the good stores they paying this guy. Oh, got it. You know, they, it. it's like the old mafia in, in the states right. or in Italy. You know, you're in their like, territory. So exactly. Yeah. So it it was kind of new. I was kind of new. I had like, I had like few months over there. Right. So it was my my turn to to pay up. To pay up, exactly. And how long are they inside the gallery before they leave? They were for like. 10, 12 minutes, but it looks like fucking Fuck. hours for me, you I know, because especially imagine. when they, they show me the picture of my little girl. Yeah. I mean, I was like, this is not real. And I'm like, I'm tripping, I'm dreaming. So it was a pretty scary thing, you know, to see and to live that very moment, you know, because of course, I mean, family is family, man, no matter what. And to see that they've been following your exactly. family. Exactly. That's the point, you know, they've been following my family, they've been, they've been following my wife. All the way to the kindergarten, of course, they knew where I lived, mm-hmm. you know, because they were following her, following her when she was going to pick up my, my, my daughter, you know. So I was scary because, I mean, I thought if they got picture of her, they got picture of me in and out from the gallery, you know, all the art pieces, uh, very recognized artists, values, values, valuable things, you know. I'm like, what am I going to do? I mean, so many thousand things just passing by. My my mind <laughs> so very uh, fast time you know I didn't know what to think but the, my reaction was like pick up the phone call my wife back let's go let's this go. was we leaving so you didn't even wait till eleven o'clock you no, just no 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 as soon as they left man it was like quarter to eleven fuck it they walk out the door I closed the light I locked the door move I left you're gone yes. That's insane. So I, I got to imagine that they followed you home at one point to find out where you lived and then find out you have a wife. Actually, actually, yeah, I had a car, but that very night I took, a, I took a cab back home. Right. I left the car over there. But I mean, initially to know where you live and have a wife and kids, they must have at some point, some exactly. night followed you home. Yeah, and, you know, I think so. Right. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure, but I packed that very night and then uh, we call a cab. Because I even left my car in Playa del Carmen. We left right. everything. Everything. We just pick up the passport, some money, some papers, you know, and leave. Gone. So I just disappeared for a while, you know. So I lost everything. I turns up to live in my, my, my father-in-law's house with my wife and my daughter. 
with all furniture and car and everything over there in uh, in Playa del Carmen. And how long until you start feeling safe again? Uh, like almost immediately when you're in Veracruz? Cause no, 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 immediately no. I was like hiding for like two months. Holy shit. You know, and no money. And depending from my father-in-law, you know how embarrassing that? Mm. It's embarrassing, but he must understand to a certain extent. I mean, the circumstances. Yeah, he did. You know? Actually, he did. He did understood. And, and then uh, I was looking on the internet, and I found this advertising, and this 50 friends um, restaurant uh, company, they were open. They were looking for, for a manager. So I sent my resume, and then uh, uh, they, they answered me. I went to interview, and it turns out then it was the manager of the company, and um, the executive chef of the old restaurant. Altogether, they have over 49 restaurants in Mexico. It's a big company. Mm -hmm. It turns, turns out this guy, I met him 20 years ago in Italy when I was a, in, a, in a cooking school. No way. Yeah. And I met him in Italy 20 years ago. And he's like, Fabio, you're in. I took care of you. So I got. I was managing two restaurants. I opened two restaurants the same fucking day. So that was the Il Forno by Fifty Friends. Il Forno by Fifty Friends. So that's the Fifty Friends are the, the exactly right. So I did so good. Then I was there. I was running from one restaurant to the other, and then uh, how far apart were they? Maybe thirty minutes driving. It's uh, the very the, the the two of restaurant was uh, the very ends of uh, the edge of the city, right? Of Calapa, wow. you know. So at the first month, I break sell, selling records mm -hmm. without having an alcohol license. Because no alcohol, just food? Just food. And because the license was, they were doing it. So I wasn't, I wasn't able to sell alcohol. So I sold more than all the other restaurants in, in, in Mexico from the same company without, without alcohol. That's crazy. So the governor of uh, Veracruz came out with a with a plate uh, because he has a program called A Thousand um, Enterprises. Mm -hmm. It turns out that my restaurant was the best restaurant of the year. And you're owning the restaurant at this point? No, 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 no. Oh. I was managing the restaurant. Managing the restaurant. You know? So the, the voice came out, the cameras and blah, blah, blah. And then the TV show, the, t the, the TV station uh, was there. It says, is where they offered me to do a TV show, cooking TV show. Mm -hmm. And the cooking TV show was in my restaurant. And so, what's your role immediately when you start? When they bring you in, all right away, you're a chef. Uh, you start managing. No, no, or? I was a manager. Manager, but because I know about uh, kitchen, because I'm a yeah. chef, yeah. because I studied that, I was taking care of everything. You know, details, right. taste, and everything. Mm -hmm. You know, presentation. And I mean, the, the the good way. And it's an Italian restaurant, so you yeah, you Italian restaurant. Very familiar with the cuisine. Yeah, obviously. yeah, 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 very. Okay, so you were managing those restaurants. Yes. Up until recently. Up until recently, then I uh, had problem with my, my wife. Well, actually, right now it's my ex-wife, Gina, the, stu the stewardess. So I left to Huatulco. Mm -hmm. And then is when I met this uh, chilling girl, Madeline, the, the, the girl I was... sung for. Yeah, exactly, 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 exactly. Put your shirt back on, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Just, <laughs> I, I drain my nipples anyway, don't worry. <laughs> uh, wow. Holy shit. That's crazy. I I don't even know what to say. I'm the, when I brought you in here today, I thought I knew you know, I knew obviously nothing. I thought you, you know, I knew you were a chef, had two restaurants. I thought you owned them. Turns out you were manager managing director. Yeah, I told you, but maybe you didn't right. remember. I told you I was the manager when right. I showed you the video of my TV show, right, which is right. on YouTube as well. Mm -hmm. 
Um, how, how can we... Actually, I'll throw, up, uh, I'll throw up links to those videos. If you want to see Fabio in action doing what he does best, is, is that your, what's your passion? I have, after all these years of having done so many things, would you say cooking is your passion? No, sex. Sex. <laughs> <laughs> Again, put, now put your pants on. All He's right. got no pants in here. Um, so, okay, that's cool. So then you... What brought you to Canada now, if you could share? Actually, actually, um, I have a friend in Mexico, you know. I went to see my daughter from Huatulco to Veracruz to the Gulf of Mexico. And then I have a good friend of mine. And then he used to live here in Canada. And then he said, why don't... I wanted just to have a break, you know. Yeah. From everything. I'm like, okay. I want. Sorry. I want to go to Canada. Mm-hmm. And then uh, see what's going on up there because I went to Canada. I've been to Canada before, but only Vancouver for twice. Vancouver just beautiful. shopping, you know, mm-hmm. just for like three days. And then the guy said, "I lived in Toronto. Toronto is a great city. You you can you can do good things. You can work, make good money, mm-hmm. and everything." So I decided to come up here, you know. But I didn't do it because I wanted to make come here, make money, get rich, like mm-hmm. like the American dreams, or in this case, the Canadian dreams. No, no, it's not my case. I came here just to, you know, to a break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To to have some peace and and get away from everything and everybody mm-hmm. for for a little while. So I'm here right now, and then uh, actually, I'm here because that friend in Mexico uh, introduced me to this guy called Raúl, which uh, sitting next to me right He's now. He's here in studio, Bruno Campesito. Yeah, Raúl, you want to say hi to the to the audience in Spanish? Hola. <laughs> uh, okay, it's shy, so it's shy. let's let's rewind just just a little bit. You're managing two restaurants. You're breaking sale sales records. You're doing very well. How does the TV show come about? Because you said the the governor, you got that award. That's how the the, yeah. the TV show came. Uh, yeah, because it, when the governor show up, the the TV the TV uh, studio was there. You know, mm-hmm. so and after that they start on. Asked me to cook for like private parties for the ex-president and the governor. Because you cook for the governor, right? Yeah, and the president. President, tell tell us a little bit about that. Oh, this just came off and said, you know, we want us to to cook for the president. I mean, the, the bodyguards or some guy who representing mm-hmm. the president. How do they know you? Just just from the TV show? Yeah, from okay. the TV show and mm-hmm. for for the governor. Mm-hmm. For the governor who gave me the, the right, the, the right, play, were, you know? right, 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 right. So I accepted. I'm like, okay, you know. I did it. So I make very special dishes, uh, uh, of course, with wines and mm-hmm. everything. So very best ingredients. Or like uh, they used to send a private jet to Los Cabos to, to bring live lobsters mm-hmm. in water, mm-hmm. you know, or, 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 or shellfish or whatever, you know, and mushrooms from Japan and some stuff like this, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, politicians have good money and they just spend like uh, uh, people money, mm-hmm. you know. So I did it, and then and, and turns out that I used to make good money for one night dinner, you know, and that was untouchable because uh, no police could stop me because I like they give me like a pass, you know, police anything happened to me like they stopped me on when I was driving or whatever. Mm-hmm. I showed this number like it's like it's like a it's like a tag. I'm like I'm untouchable, which was very good for me. I mean, I live in Mexico, so you know, shit happens over there. So I was like uh, the untouchable. Mm-hmm. And so. How do you, what happens for you, how do you leave the restaurants? Is that because you, the, the divorce? Yes. And why, why did you uh, end up 
divorcing your wife or you're not really divorced you're just separated we right? separated we're still married by by papers you know by papers yes. you have a daughter together she's we turning six. she's turning six uh, october 8th her mm -hmm. name is alessandra she's a beautiful little girl mm -hmm. yes and so why do you and the wife splits uh because my lifestyle yeah you know same old same old mm -hmm. because you know when you know uh, people from tv or politician you'll Sometimes don't spend a night at home. You know, shit happens. You know shit the story. Happens. You know, I mean. Yeah. And then uh, even if you say, you know, I was cooking and uh, I couldn't leave because the bodyguards didn't let me go. Mm -hmm. No, you were with another girl. You were not. You were fucking other woman and whatever. Blah 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 blah. No matter what you say, they never believe you, man. So you know, can I, can I give a tip? Never get married. Never get married. There you never go. Get married. You've heard it here first from. Fabio Mantuan. Well, <laughs> listen, I could talk to you. I say this to a lot of my guests. I could talk to you all day. I could really talk to you all day because we've literally just scratched Thank the surface. You. Uh, there's so much, so many more questions I want to ask you. We'll we'll do this again. You're unfortunately headed back to Mexico. Yeah, in two days. I go back to Mexico. I go back to Huatulco. So by the time this airs, you you're 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 right now. You're in front of me in my studio. By the time this airs, by the time you're listening to this, listeners. Fabio will be on a beach somewhere in Huatulco with uh, just doing it, <laughs> doing, the, doing the thing. Doing the thing, exactly. Well, listen, man, thank you so much for dropping by no, and doing welcome. this. And uh, thanks for being op honest and open. That's key to uh, good interviews. You, you did, a, did a good job. Thanks, Fabio. And I will be coming down to Mexico to see you. Maybe I'll bring some mics. We can record part Yeah, two. definitely, definitely. I'm waiting for you. You're going to be my guest, my very special guest. I'll take care of you. You know that. And you know, guys, don't be afraid of Mexico. Me Mexico is a beautiful country. Don't listen to all this bullshit and the crime and the shooting and the cut heads off. No to tourists. Come to Mexico, have a great time, get late, get tan, and drink lots of margarita. This, all right? And ask for Fabio. I'll be there for you. This this coming from the guy who had his family threatened. Uh, anyway, thank you, Fabio, once again. Uh, I appreciate it, buddy. You're a good man, and I'll see you thank around. Thank you. You're a good man, too, man. I appreciate it. Thank you, and watch your I head. love you. Thank you, too, man. There we are, episode number seven in the books. Thanks to my guest, Fabio Mantuan, who's listening to this from Mexico right now. Mexico, hola, hermano. And uh, thanks to you. Once again, always thank you for listening. Email the show, pod at uh, pod at, that's pod at jdcomedyhour.com. Follow on Instagram and Twitter at jdcomedyhour. Facebook.com slash JD Comedy Hour. Check out the Facebook page for some pictures of the live shows. Thanks, by the way, thanks to everyone who came out on Wednesday night for my birthday show. That was a lot of fun. There's some pictures up there on the on the Facebook page. There's a video of um, Garage Baby performing this very song, Waste of Time. I think that's from a couple weeks back. And uh, thanks to my producer, Adam Fox, sound engineer, Miles Lacroix. Thanks to everybody. Mom, I love you. Thanks again for tuning in. If you could do me this one solid, go to iTunes and rate it, comment on the episodes or the podcast, rather. It really helps boost the ratings. And share it. If you like this, share it with people. Anyway, thanks a lot for listening. Tune in on Tuesday for episode number eight. 
I love you. Watch your head. The shark has pretty teeth, dear. <laughs> come on, come on, come on, come on, now touch me, baby. Can you see? Then I am not alone. <laughs>